Empower Radio presents Out of the Fog. Join intuitive guide and spiritual teacher Karen Hager for lively, positive conversation with lightworkers, healers, and dynamic wisdom keepers. Get ready for inspiration and connection. This is Out of the Fog on Empower Radio. Here's your host, Karen Hager. Hello and welcome to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager. Each week at this time we gather for spiritual conversation and enlightening guests, and I'm glad you're here. Time and distance are no barrier to energy, and that means no matter when you're listening, no matter how you found us, you are here for a reason. And I hope something in the next hour lights you up and helps you move forward. Now, the new year inevitably brings us to that place where we look in the mirror and we look at our bank account and we look at our relationships and we say, this year will be different. This year will be better. This is the year. Right now, this time is when I finally live the life of my dreams. It all changes starting now. And then if you're me or someone like me, you probably have a couple of donuts and go back to bed. So are you ready to really do something different this year? Do you want to maximize your impact in 2017? If you're ready for a breakthrough, I think you're going to love this. Health and empowerment expert Debbie Silber is here. She's brought tools and wisdom to help us get the body balance, the confidence, the health, the energy, mindset to make the conscious life that we desire. Are you ready to meet her? Debbie Silber is a health, fitness, empowerment, mindset, lifestyle, personal development expert. She's a speaker, consultant, and author of two books. Now, you've seen and heard and read Debbie's work on Fox, CBS, The Dr. Oz Show, TEDx, Forbes, The Huffington Post, Shape, Self, Health, just to name a few, because the list is endless. You can find out a lot more about Debbie and her work at DebbieSilber.com. Debbie, welcome to Out of the Fog. Oh, thanks so much. Looking forward to our chat. Yes, me too. I Maybe where we should start is about your story. I saw an interview with you where you said that you had had to really um, break in order to rebuild, to be transformed in the way that you've changed your life. Can you share with the listeners, I think so many of us have been at that low place. Can you share what that was for you? Oh, sh- sure, sure. Absolutely. And And I've I can look at it like it's a blessing. I've I've crashed and burned a few times, so we can go with this one. But I'll tell you, Karen, before we even do that, you know, it is the new it is the new year, and so many people are asking me about New Year's resolutions, and I have to say, I don't like them, and I don't like them because it has us focus on what we didn't do well the year before. So if I can just invite everybody instead to say, you know, how do you want to feel? going into this year? Do you want to feel a little bit better physically, mentally, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually? What, what is it that you want to feel? You want to feel a little more connected to your partner? Do you want to feel a little more energized? Whatever that feeling is, gently but strategically and consistently move towards that. Instead of that whole, what didn't I do well last year? And here we go again. Because right. it just sort of sets us up for a lack of motivation and not quite nailing it. <laughs> Well, and it and it has a kind of a, there's a punishment in there. Bad girl, look at that bad back bell. It's bad girl, look at that relationship now, right? Mm-hmm. What aren't you going to clean it up? And that to me, that sends me to the donuts. And then I went back to bed, and then it's March, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. 
right? Exactly. So it's it's just a, a, a different a different spin on it, and I think that's that's what what I like to to offer is just a different way to do something, so you get the results you want already, and you feel good. But but uh, the one of the crashes that you're you're sort of referring to is this was back in. 2007 or 2008, and I had a husband and a home and four kids and only four dogs then. We have six now. Not quite sure how that happened. (laughs) (laughs) And I had this full-time business as a, I was a dietitian and a trainer, and, and I was getting people lean and fit. And I thought, this is, this is it. This is great. Uh, but I also had a tremendous amount of stress. Uh, toxic relationships, and I know a lot of the listeners are shaking their head like, yes, I have that too, Uh, and emotional overwhelm, and I started getting sick, but I was just too busy. I mean, I was running a business, raising a family, so I blew everything off, and it didn't go away, and then sickness turned into just different illnesses and then progressed to conditions, and you know, your body will speak louder and louder until you pay attention, and eventually, disease. And things got so bad at one point that I had to give up my entire business with clients I adored because I couldn't get out of bed. I mean, you name it, I had it. And it was so bizarre because I was supposed to be a health expert and I was anything but healthy. So I had a feeling, I said, you know, this has to have something to do with my mindset and with my lifestyle because I'm eating well and exercising. Like that part I had down. Uh, so I did an experiment, and I said, okay, well, since I'm doing those things already, what would happen if I changed those other areas of my life? If I, if I cut those toxic ties, if I cut back on my stress, if I sort of retrained my brain, and I did. And eventually, uh, really over the course of about a year or so, I healed. I healed from everything. And what I learned was... There are so many areas we need to focus on and pay attention to, to look, feel, and live our best. And we're really um, not doing, not, not really getting the job done if we only focus on one as opposed to another. You know, we have this amazing ability to focus. It's why we're good at what we do. It's how we get things done. But when we're focusing in on one area, very often other areas that need our attention aren't getting the attention. And, and it's like a table. You know, a table has four legs. If you knock out a leg of that table, the table becomes shaky and unstable. Well, we're the same way. When we neglect any of these areas, we're shaky and unstable. What are the legs of that table? You know, it, it's the the way I. It's funny because I spoke this afternoon. Uh, I'm sorry, this morning to a, to a group, and I I explained it like this. Imagine um, if you had a bowl, just a big bowl, and imagine if, in mean, best case scenario, we have a hundred percent of our energy, and imagine if somehow you were able to take one hundred percent of your energy and and put it in that bowl. I mean, you can just imagine how potent and how powerful that bowl of your energy would be. The way I see people walking around, and especially brilliant women, we're walking around like the colander, the sieve, the bowl with the holes in it, leaking a tremendous amount of energy all day long. And every one of those energy drains is, is really uh, is taking such a toll on us. So if you want, we can talk about what some of those energy drains are for sure. I'd love to talk about that. You know, I connect with a lot of people who are 
naturally empathic, who have very generous hearts, who have a deep kind of insight and awareness of the people in their lives, the people they like and the people they don't like. Mm-hmm. And when I say to them, look at those giant gaping holes in your energy, look at the ways energy is, is draining out of you, they might say something like, yes, but I have to keep giving. I have to keep going. This is what I'm here to do in the world. I'm a healer. I'm a leader. I must let myself leak like that. And I believe, and it sounds like you believe too, the opposite is true, that when we are kind of protected energetically, when we have good boundaries, when we've, when we only are giving energy in the ways that we want to give it, that's when we can do our best. That's when we can make a real impact. Oh, absolutely. And I think we look at it as we're being selfish if we don't give. But you know what I found? It's self-preservation because our intention is to be our best for all within our care and reach. But if we're so depleted and spent and drained, we have nothing to give. So if the intention is to bring our best and give our best and and, and share and serve and connect, we can't possibly doing that do that when our cup is empty, you know, it's, it's like a garden. You know, if you have this, you want this beautiful, magnificent garden, but it's not getting the sunlight or the, or the water that it needs. It can't possibly give what it's supposed to be giving. And we're the same way. So there's, there's nothing wrong with creating those boundaries with the intention of, I need to replenish. You know, we, re- we recharge our phones every night and that's okay. Well, we need that too. And if we feel so guilty for doing that, look at it as if I recharge myself, I have more to give. So if that's the spin we need to say to just take those measures towards our own self-care, then that's okay. Because just at the, with the example I gave you, I was so busy giving to everybody else and burning the candle at both ends. And then I was useless because then I was in bed depressed riddled with every kind of illness and disease you can imagine, and I was of no value to anybody. So we can, you know, I, I have two types of clients. It's the one who wants to prevent the life crisis and the one who wants to heal from one. And what's going to happen is we can take measures to prevent something or we're going to get that wake-up call and heal from it when we need to. It's like, take your pick. It's going to be one of those two. Hmm. What are some of those energetic drains that you see? I know when you were talking about plugging in your phone, I was feeling a little guilty because I plug in my phone long before I let myself go to sleep at night. So maybe sleep is one of those places that it, needs it attention. It absolutely is. It, uh, if we're walking around, you know, and, and this is what we also do. We're so good at cutting corners. Right, And we wouldn't dare cut corners when it comes to somebody else. So we cut the corners when it comes to ourselves. And what we do is, we, we, we do, I mean, think about it. If we give up some sleep, well, we can send out a few more emails. If we give up that workout, we can get a few more errands done. If we go to the drive-thru, we, uh, we, we don't have to take the time making that healthy meal at home. So we do things like that. We also, we're exhausted but we're so smart, we've found and we've created an alternative fuel source. And, and that's sheer will and adrenaline fueled by sugar and caffeine. Yep. And we also have this third thing that I find we do. We turn down the being and we turn up the doing. And, and what I mean by that is we turn down the feeling and we turn up the thinking and we become almost machine-like just so we can crank stuff off our list, check things off and get them done. But it's not without a price because we have these, 
these major issues and these things that we we still have wants and dreams and desires and and areas that need our attention that we're pretending not to see. And we distract ourselves and we numb ourselves through food or alcohol or work or TV or shopping or whatever your vice is, but they don't go away. And that is a huge energy drain. And we do that until we can't. And there's no joy in that, is there? The people walking around like machines and checking things off their list and saying, I'm giving more and more for other people. There's, there, we've lost joy when we get to that place. Oh, absolutely. And, and actually, that was the focus of my uh, TEDx talk. And it was, it was really about what's behind that and, and why is it that we're distracting ourselves? What are we distracting ourselves from? And and what's going on with that? And I actually gave examples of uh, two clients, uh, three clients, and and I changed their names. Like here's an example of one, uh, and this this one will resonate with many people who are listening. Um, Margot, typical working mom, gets up early, gets everyone ready for their day, goes to work, comes home, makes dinner, cleans up, crashes in bed, wakes up, does it all over again, over and over and over. And at one point, she finds herself overweight. She's put herself last completely, so she decides to get the weight off. So we cut out the sugar and a bunch of other things I have my clients do. The weight starts falling off, and all of a sudden she realizes that the extra weight had her play small. She settled for a job she never liked. She, she's grown distant from her partner. And then think about it now. She's like, what do I do about my, what do I do? Do I leave my job? Do I leave my, my husband? It's too overwhelming. It's too confronting. So she doesn't even realize why she's doing it, but she goes back to the old way of eating and sabotages her success. And, and we do things like that to completely sabotage us just so we can keep all those plates spinning in the air, just so we don't have to take the time to look, so we don't have to take the time to see. How can we start to look? How can we patch some of the drain and look to see what's really going on? Yeah, you know, well, the the first thing is you know, we want to look at where are these energy drains coming from? And if I had to say, what's an energy drain? The, 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 if there were just one, if we just chose one to focus on, the biggest one, the biggest, hands down, would be our mindset. And this is all about our belief system, our programming. And then we say, well, I'm not programmed. Yes, you are. I am. We are. We, you know, we all are. And what happens is, you know, a belief is no more than the repetition of an idea from someone you trust. That's it. So all that means is a parent, a teacher, someone in a religious capacity, someone that you've spent a tremendous amount of time with or had a, a huge amount of influence on you, said something to you enough times and it became your belief doesn't make it good or bad, doesn't make it right or wrong, doesn't make it true, but it makes it yours. And what happens is once we have these beliefs, let's say they don't really serve us. Like, let's say you have a belief, I'm not worthy. And it could be from something that happened when you were so little, like maybe you just had this breaking news and you wanted to share it with your mom, but she was on the phone and she couldn't, and she gave you one of those, shush, 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 you know, while she was on the phone. Right down, right there, you laid down an I'm not worthy belief. And then, because the, the mind, the brain, will do anything to prove you right, you spend an endless amount of energy just finding confirming evidence. So what we do is it starts as a thought. It's only a thought. 
and then we infuse it with feeling and it becomes an emotion and then we repeat it over and over and over again. Now it becomes a belief. Now it slips into our subconscious where we're repeating it thousands of times a day and then it becomes your personality, your way of life and who you are. And then think about it. You know, so every 95% of how we show up has to do with what's in our subconscious. So if your subconscious is programmed with beliefs of lack and scarcity and, and, you know, negative emotions, what can possibly show up, you know, but, but that, you know, we have something like 60 to 80,000 thoughts a day and about 80% of them are negative. Well, you know, take a low number. If you're repeating in some form, I'm not worthy, I'm not lovable, I'm not deserving 30,000 times a day. If you did anything 30,000 times a day, can you, you know, you can, you can see what's being created. So you just really need to look at your life and, you know, your, your life is a representation of the beliefs you hold. You'll know very clearly what you believe based on what you, what you look around and see. Then why do we continue to sabotage ourselves? So we look at the belief, we see it. Why, why does Margot get to a place of seeing there's clarity? She could have made a different choice, but she went back to the old way. Mm, it's such a great question. You know, what happens is once we have that clarity, we set a cascade of events into emotion, like think about it. The minute you have that clarity, you start asking yourself all kinds of questions. Like, let's just take, you know, let's just take Margaret, for example. Oh, no. What do I do about my, what do I do about my husband? What do I do about my job? Do I need a new job? Do I need to start uh, spending time with my husband? Do I even want to? What would that mean if I get a new job? I like the job I'm in, but I don't love it. Uh, You know, all of these questions. Will I have to deal with judgment and criticism at the same time I'm dealing with my own self-doubt? All of these questions come up. Following those questions, they require lots of changes. Like, let's say, you know, she decides, okay, yeah, I want a new, uh, I do, it's time for a new job. Well, she's got to get a resume together. She's got to go out on interviews or if she, it's time for her to start her own business, it requires a lot of changes. If you do decide to do something about that, that symptom that you've had, well, you've got to make the doctor's appointment. You've got, you know, if it's something with, she wants to get back with her husband, well, they have to get a babysitter. They have to do that. You know, so a lot of changes. And then following that is a lot of fear. What if I can't do this? What if I can? You know, and so it's, so we look at this and it's such a quick process, but we look at it and we say, you know what? I, I just don't want to look. Let me just go back to numbing myself so I don't have to see. Mm-hmm. And we do that until we can't. And then I usually see one of three things happen, but that's typically what we do. Well, then what, what are the three things that happen? What happens? <laughs> um, the first is, it can just be acceptance. You see it clearly and you see it and you're like, you know what? I see it. I'm good. Like, for example, I spoke, I was in uh, New Orleans a couple of weeks ago and I spoke there and this, this such a sweet guy comes up to me and he says, Debbie, I could make so much money, but I never see my wife. I never see my new baby. I don't want to do that. I just don't want to do that. Right there, there was that acceptance. He was good with it. And that's beautiful. That's fine. Decision was made. But I've seen two other things, too. The second thing that I've seen is a life crisis, an illness, a tragedy, a trauma, death, divorce, disease, devastation, betrayal, abuse, something like that. Something that rocks your world so much, it creates for you a 
psychological earthquake where life is now before it happened and after it happened. And I'm sure many people on, uh, who are listening know exactly what I'm talking about. And, you know, so often we look at these things as tragic, and yes, they are, but I have to tell you, it's in that place very often that's the beginning of your transformation. You know, because, for example, let's say you go through that messy divorce. If you didn't go through that messy divorce, you wouldn't have met your soulmate. If you didn't lose that job, you wouldn't be doing the work you love now. If you didn't get that disease, you wouldn't have that appreciation for life that you have now. So sometimes those crashes give us the greatest gifts. And, um, and I'll tell you, there are typically four qualities I see in, in people who crash. But I'll tell you the third. You want to know the third thing first? Yeah. Okay. So, so I see that too. And, I'm not, and by no means am I suggesting that these, these tragedies are, are easy to get through. You know, becoming empowered isn't about avoiding these things. It's how you get through them. And when you do, you truly, you truly transform. The third thing I see, uh, and I just named it, I call it the self-induced life crisis. And this is when you just make a decision. You're just unwilling to live life as you've been anymore. You're done. That's the day you throw out the cookies, the day you throw out the cigarettes, the day you make the doctor's appointment, the day you quit your job, the day you pack your bags. It's that day. And you become so inspired and so unwilling to live life as you had. You know, it always reminds me of the caterpillar turning into the the butterfly. You know, the caterpillar doesn't just at one point say, oh, you know, let me just stick some wings on. It doesn't work like that. The caterpillar, just like on a random Tuesday, it just makes that decision, stops eating, and just decides to it is unwilling to live life as it's been, as it, it had been living, latches onto a branch, spins a cocoon, is emulsified, deconstructed, unrecognizable from anything it once was, and because it was willing to do that, it's dark, it's lonely, I think, it's scary, <laughs> and because it was willing to do that, and only because it was willing to go through that process, it emerges as, you know, one of the most magnificent creatures on our planet, the butterfly. That caterpillar can't be that butterfly if it's not willing to go through that. You know, we're, we can't become that strong, empowered, powerful person if we haven't worked through some, you know, some sort of issues that, that have truly challenged us. So, you know, the people we read about, the people we study, the people who've done something magnificent, it's not because they're living under the radar. These are the ones who've had major tra- tragedies. But, but what have they done to, to really move through them? And I'm not saying it's pretty. It could be messy and ugly, but they do. And, and there is a strength and a resilience that is just absolutely, absolutely unshakable. There's a there's something at the heart of that time, that random Tuesday when we try to change. There's something, I would argue, maybe it's not so random. There sometimes happens to us a sense of knowing this is the time, this is now, act now, whether that's the voice of our intuition, whether it's the voice of divine guidance, right? This is right. That's how the caterpillar knows it's time to get into that cocoon. Ah, yes, this is right. This is the time. And there's a way in which, at least I believe from my own experience, when we stop 
fooling ourselves, stop sabotaging ourselves. When we get to that place of clarity and decide, okay, I'm in the place of clarity. I can hang on to this a little longer. I can take a step. There's something extra guiding us, the rightness that we have carried all along, all through our journey. When we implement that, when we hook into that, that's when we can make that transformation. And you're right. It can be messy and stinky and ugly and heads will roll and they sometimes do. And yet you follow that rightness and you come out a butterfly. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's so true. We're always guided. We just, we stop paying attention or somehow we think we know better, (laughs) you know, and, and we're going against the stream instead of going with it. And when we, we have this wonderful internal GPS, if we'd only trusted and if we strengthened it, we would, it would truly, truly serve us. And, um, and it, it, you're right. When we pay attention to that, um, and I, there are even some questions you can ask yourself, and, and these are tough questions, but it'll, it'll tell you where you are. And these are questions just you may want to, you know, you may want to jot down and just be completely honest, completely honest. You know, question, the first question, what am I pretending not to see? What am I pretending not to see? You know, how do I, how do I numb myself? How do I distract myself? What will life look like in five to ten years if I keep doing this? And then what could life look like in five to ten years if I make a change? Mm. You know, and, and it's the kind of thing where it'll bring up a lot of stuff. I mean, maybe you'll realize, wow, you know, I, I know I have to do something about my, about my relationship. Or I know I have to do something about that health issue. Or, you know, I, I know I have to do something about that job. And at least you know at least you know. And this may be something that you do, you know, with some support. We don't have to do this alone. We certainly don't have to. And, and that was, you know, when I mentioned before that there are definitely four things I've seen. Oh, and wait, we're right up against the break. And I want oh. those four things, but I know we have to go. To, I know we have to go to break. So just woo, hold it right there. This is Out of the Fog with Karen Hager. I'm talking to Debbie Silber. Isn't this interesting? Looking at the ways in which we might numb ourselves, sabotage ourselves, and how to move through that. When we come back, I'm going to ask her about those four things she sees in people who are about to crash. And we'll be right back after this. Welcome back to The Cat Show. Up next, we have Nico. Nico is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right. A group known especially for their sunspot sleeping, ball chasing, leg rubbing, couch purring, bed leaping, and of course, companionship. Wonderful. And what breed would you say Nico is? I'd have to go with a tabbyish Persian kind of mix. Tremendous cat. I'd also like to point out her coat's wonderful mix of colors. Is it black, gray, gray, black, brown? Somewhere in between. Indeed. You know, it's always special when we get to see a cat like this. Just look how she struts. It's like she owns the place. And how she's so incredibly cute in her indifference to commands. A strong-willed feline. Ah, and see how she curls up and cuddles her person. The pitch on her purring is simply perfect. Nice one. I know. Fantastic cat. Fantastic indeed. But really the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Nico is to meet one. Visit theshelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. 
You're listening to Empower Radio, an entire radio station devoted to your personal development, expanding your conscious awareness, and empowering positive change. Meet our hosts and listen online at EmpowerRadio.com, on iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Stitcher Radio, or iTunes, or download the Empower Radio app for your smartphone or tablet. It's free in the App Store, and it lets you listen to our shows and podcasts on demand. Empowering people, empowering change. Empower Radio, online at EmpowerRadio.com. Dear John, I was hoping it wouldn't come to this, but you've left me no choice. I'm leaving. Uncontrolled high blood pressure is really serious, and lately you seem to really not care. I've been there for you since day one, and I know you think I'm going to keep ticking. But no, my friend, I can quit whenever I want. Why can't we get back to the good times when we were more active and ate more healthy foods and you checked on me every once in a while? Is that too much to ask? I don't want to leave, but unless you stop ignoring me, what else am I supposed to do? Remember, when I quit, you quit. Sincerely, your heart. Listen to your heart. Don't let it quit on you. Doing the minimum to control your high blood pressure isn't doing enough. High blood pressure can lead to a stroke, heart attack, or death. Get your blood pressure to a healthy range before it's too late. Find out how at heart.org slash blood pressure. Check, change, control. A message from the American Heart Association, the American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council. What's your favorite color? Tell us, please. Kids will spend 20 minutes listening to songs like this. What's your favorite color? What's your... How about two minutes to brush their teeth? Brushing for two minutes now can save your child from severe tooth pain later. For fun two-minute videos to watch while brushing, visit 2min2x.org. Two minutes, twice a day. They have the time. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Mouths, Healthy Lives, and the Ad Council. And now back to Out of the Fog with Karen Hager on Empower Radio. EmpowerRadio.com. Welcome back to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager, and my guest is Debbie Silber. She is a mindset, health, wellness, empowerment expert. And I love, I'd love to get your feedback on what you're hearing. Now, you can find out more about Debbie and her work at DebbieSilber.com. That's D E B I S I L B E R.com, DebbieSilber.com. And I welcome your feedback, your questions, your comments about what you're hearing on the show today. How do you? numb yourself? What is it that you're not looking at? What will life look like in five to 10 years if you keep going the way you're going? And what could life be like if you make a change, if you say yes, if when something is right, you sit into that, smile at it, and go with it. You can always reach me through my website, karenhager.com. My email address is karen at karenhager.com. So Debbie, before we, before we got to the break, you let, we're on a cliffhanger now because right, (laughs) right before we went to the break, you were going to share, there were four things that you say that you see, is this in people who are about to crash or people who are crashing? This is what I see. And I have, I mean, I've worked with the most amazing People they've re- they've bounced back from stage four cancer and and have been left penniless from a, a messy divorce and they've gotten through domestic violence or sexual abuse. I mean, really, just incredible, incredible hardship. And I've I've always seen anywhere between one to four of of these qualities that really help them, and I'm sure it'll help everybody listening. So the the, the first one is health. You know, and I've been in health for 25 years, and, and it used to be about take care of your health so you look good. You know, and, and that's nice, but 
that's so not the reason to be healthy. You know, how does it how does it make you feel? How does it make you show up? What does it allow you to do? Who does it allow you to become? You know, that's that's the reason. And when you are going through any sort of life crisis or challenge, you have that that ammunition of that that strength or that extra health because let's say all of a sudden you have a health issue. Well, now imagine if you were so behind the eight ball because you weren't taking care of your health already. So by taking care of your health and doing all you can, you're, you're just in a better position to take on whatever you're facing. So definitely, definitely health. And, and, and just the idea of, of feeling good in your own skin. You're so much, uh, you're in such a better position to, to take on what's being thrown at you. If you, if you physically feel better. And, and also, you know, of course, if you're not eating well, I mean, that's a huge, we talked about those energy drains. If you're eating uh, foods that are causing brain fog or, you're, or a, causing a lack of energy or causing inflammation or causing weight gain, you know, what's that going to do to help you when you're trying to get through whatever crisis you're going through? So, it's really important to get your health together. If, if you know, sure, it's, it's nice to fit into your clothes. That's great. But if you want a real motivation, it's really to take care of every aspect of your life, quality of life, so much more. So health is definitely one that I would say. The second one is mindset. And, and we touched on that a little bit. Uh, but think about it. If you're going into whatever you're faced with, and you're coming from a place of lack and scarcity and helplessness and hopelessness and, and rage and anger and frustration and all of that. Well, that tragedy or that crisis is going to bring about a lot of those feelings anyway. So why not work on your mindset to change your perspective a little bit, to give yourself some hope, give yourself some mental strength, right? So, uh, so that, would be, that would be another one. Support, and I'll tell you a story afterwards, and you'll, you'll see these in action. Support. I mean, this is huge. This is huge. And whether this is you know, fa- from family or friends or a good coach or therapist or doctor or, or some sort of expert in an area that you're trying to get your help in. I mean, this is crucial. We need that. We need someone to bounce ideas off of and see things when we're not seeing so clearly because we've been slammed with this crisis. And then I, I, you know, I see a willingness to change and a willingness to grow. You know, if you are so stuck on just the way you've been doing things, it's, it's very hard to get past things certain times. There's got to be a willingness to say, okay, well, you know what? Okay, here's where I am. So what do I, what do I need to do that's a little bit different? How can I change? How can I grow? Like, for example, um, years ago, I had, so I had just my first two kids and I had a 16-month-old and a newborn. Wow. And I, I woke up one morning, and I did not feel right. You know, it wasn't like just a cold. I mean, I knew something was, was wrong. And um, it was a good call. I didn't want to be alone with these babies because I wasn't well. I, I just knew. And sure enough, my stomach started distending, and soon after that, I passed out. I get rushed to the hospital, and I, I was told I had... Um, 104 temperature, my pressure was 88 over 44. They thought it was appendicitis because my my stomach was starting to get distended, so they did an appendectomy, and that's when they saw the infection. Uh, 
So they opened me up and suctioned out between a pint and a quart of strep pneumonia. <gasps> I had peritonitis that was quickly shutting down every organ and every uh, system I had within hours. I mean, that would have been it. So I was in ICU, quarantined in ICU for 11 days. And and in the first couple of days, I had no idea what was going on. And, and I don't even take an aspirin. There was a morphine drip next to me. Now, I've delivered four babies. This was a pain. I, I, words can't describe it. And I was hitting that morphine drip as often as I could. Mm. And, and this is what Jim Henson from The Muppets died of. Mm. And... Um, I remember, it's truly a miracle that I'm even alive, that I had two more kids after that is a story for another day. But I remember the doctors saying, Debbie, your age and condition saved your life. That's not true. That's not true. I remember, maybe, you know, when I started coming out of maybe day three or so, and I, and I kind of knew where I was and what had happened, I knew that I had a newborn and a 16-month-old and my husband waiting in the waiting room. And any parent or anybody who loves someone fiercely, you know that feeling of, I'm not leaving. I am not leaving. Get me out of here. And it would have been so easy to just slip, just slip away because the the pain was so intense, but it was a decision, and it was a resolve and a knowing like nothing I've ever felt in my life, and I know that's what, that's what did it. Without a shadow of a doubt, I know. So it's just another example of, you know, if I didn't have my health already, and if I didn't have that mindset, we wouldn't be talking. Oh, wow. Well, there are... Places in our lives, I feel like, are crossroads, and sometimes it's the crossroad between one choice in a life path and another, and sometimes it's the crossroad between life and death. And when we stand in those places, we want to have our tools with us. What, what do we bring then to the table? If I'm right, if everything is stacked against me, and this is a, a potent, what I would call in just the way that I work, it's a potential exit point. I could leave the body at this point and I don't want to go, what tools do I bring to fight? Do I bring my mindset and my health and my strength and my love and the support of the people waiting for me, or do I just let go? It sounds like you were at an exit point. Absolutely, and I remember it so clearly, and there was this fierce, undeniable strength that, that I just, I was absolutely unwilling, unwilling. And I know that's what got me out. I know that's why I'm alive. I just know. When you work with people who have gone through that trauma, the big traumatic, what you talked about, like a kind of a psychological earthquake where everything, everything is upside down. How do you begin? What are some practices? If anyone listening is feeling upside down, what are some practices? Where can we start to gently find our way now through this new landscape that's created? You know, the first thing is we forget. We're so busy giving love and compassion to everybody else, and we forget to give it to ourselves. And the simple question is, if you wouldn't say it to a friend, if you wouldn't say it to a friend, why are you speaking like that to yourself? We need to give ourselves some love and compassion. And if we've been slammed, we may be reeling 
and we can't even think straight, and that's okay. That's okay because we're also in this beautiful position now, you know, to, to grow and to change. I, I love how Darren Hardy from Success Magazine described it. He explained it like, like a pendulum. You know how a pendulum swings from left to right? Mm-hmm. And it just kind of keeps swinging. So just imagine a little swing from left, from left to right. Most people choose to not swing so far either way. You know, they kind of a little bit here, a little bit there, stay under the radar, not so big. It's the ones who get slammed with that tragedy, with that trauma. They go so far, let's say, to the left, right? They've been hit so hard. But we're not supposed to live there. That's where we regroup. That's where we think of a strategy. That's where, and, and listen, the strategy, maybe all you can do, and, I, and I've been there in other scenarios, where getting out of bed is all you can do that day. And that's okay. That's where you slowly, you know, lick your wounds and create your plan and slowly just move on. But so often, those tragedies are there to show us our next step. You know, a door closes. And, all, and a new door is revealed, and we never would have seen that door had that other door not closed. So instead of looking at it as it's only a terrible, tragic thing, I mean, that's what we see when we're deep in it. But I promise you, I promise from everybody I've worked with and, and going through my own, there is a strength, there is a resilience. It's, it's like it's the hero's journey. You know, we've we've heard the hero's journey where that hero doesn't just win the fair maiden and, and everything's happily ever after. No, there's that struggle. And, and it's through that struggle is just, is that strength. And we have to know it's, it's, it's going through all those obstacles that we will be so empowered and so, you know, and, and show ourselves just how resilient we are if we just keep going. So it's compassion, giving ourselves compassion, giving ourselves love, and understanding, you know, sometimes it just won't make sense. You know, it just won't make sense why something happens. You know, we always, like, I know me, I'm very logical and I look for reasoning. And sometimes there's no logic or no reasoning that we can come up with. And, and that's where, you know, maybe forgiveness is all we can do. It speaks a different language. Mm. You know, it, it, it's not about... Yet where you have to understand so you can compartmentalize it because maybe you'll never understand. But if you're killing yourself in the process by getting so sick from the pain, mentally or emotionally, right? Maybe it's just a matter of working on forgiveness however you can because it's not about them. Forgiveness is really about, is freeing you from the pain. So, so this is actually the, the, the topic of, I'm in a PhD program for transpersonal psychology, and I am so, um, I, I, I'm dedicating my, my career to this, to this topic, and that's the topic of my dissertation. And since really nobody reads a dissertation, it's going to be my next book too. <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, good, good, good. And it, it's so important because what, as I'm listening to you, what I'm kind of feeling into is that reminder that we have choice in everything that we do. So when everything's overturned and we make that choice, will I stay in the trauma of this? Will I relive it again and again and again? And will part of how I relive it be to not forgive? Or will I decide this happened to me, but it's not happening now? 
And that to me, that there's the place that to me is the heart of forgiveness. That forgiveness is not, oh, it's okay, go on, it wasn't that big a deal. That forgiveness says, this happened, but I will no longer live my life as if it were still happening. Right? Something's changed. I'm going on from here. That forgiveness piece is huge. And I think when you were talking about sabotage and compassion, forgiving ourselves is a piece of this too. Oh, it's huge. Self-forgiveness is huge. And it is. I found out of all the different things we can do, forgiveness, it, by far, it's the hardest. And I, and I believe it's the hardest because so often there's no justice. There's just no justice. We can't compartmentalize something. How do we, how do we truly make peace of it? And we revisit it over and over and over again, and we can't find a way to have it make sense, and we can't find a way to make it okay. And, and it's, it's never going to. We can revisit it a hundred million times, and it's never going to be okay. But, but with forgiveness, there's something about, there's something about when we say, you know, this opportunity, if you want to look at it like that, presented itself to teach me a lesson that I had yet to learn. I just, I just had yet to learn this lesson, so another opportunity came along to teach me this once and for all. If I tell you how many times I'll work with, let's say, a woman, and she says, Debbie, I just keep dating the same guy over and over and over again. I'm like, oh, well, of course you are. You keep bringing the same you <laughs> into every relationship you go into. Nothing changes. That's, every new guy is giving you an opportunity to say, oh, you know what? I'm not doing that anymore. And if you don't learn it with this guy, you're going to be presented with another guy so you get that lesson already. Yeah. But forgiveness really gives us that opportunity to say, even if it doesn't make any sense at all, even if I can't justify any of it at all, even if I can't uh, understand any reasoning behind this at all, I'm, I'm going to forgive to set myself free. Mm. To set yourself free. And that's the intention. And that's worth it. And that's the reason why we forgive. It's not about making it easier on the other person. It's what does it then allow us to do? You know, it's, I, I picture like a trapeze, you know, where we're, we have our hands on both handles. The forgiveness lets you let go and move forward. And until you do, you're stuck. You're just stuck. That freedom, that freedom to make the choice, the freedom to forgive, the freedom to say yes when the time is right, the freedom to ask yourself the questions and look clearly what's going on, that may be at the center of everything we're talking about. Tapping into that, um, it's the right way to say it, tapping into that thing where it's not, here's the way I am and it's because of all these things and this is what happened and how can I do anything different and this is why I date the same guy, and, but tapping into that idea of I can make the next choice. That means I can drink a glass of water instead of having the donut, you know, just as an example, not from my life, but from someone else's life, completely fictional, right? I can make a difference. And in every new choice I make, I am setting myself free just a little bit more. That's it. And that's growth. And that's transformation right there, right there. It's how can I, how can I 
what can I do to feel better? What can I do to move towards what I want? And, and reliving, you know, what wasn't working or reliving the, the scenario or reliving whatever it is that wasn't serving you. Where are you now? You know, we always hear we're, we're depressed about our past or anxious about our future. And the only moment we have, you know, this is now. Yeah. How much time are we spending in now? And would something like forgiveness allow you to spend more time in now? Could you be more conscious of now? Well, it's things like what, things like that, questions like that we have to ask. Well, we have so many things that take us out of the now, whether it's the sugar and the caffeine or whether it is television or always being on our phone or, right? There's so many things that take us out of that present moment. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And we're just, it's, it's all different ways to distract ourselves. And if you look around, I mean, we're walking around with our, really with our, with our face in our phone mm-hmm. and just numbly going through life. And that's why we crash. And that's why. And it's, it's that opportunity to say, you know what? Wake up. That's the wake up. That's the shake up you needed to start questioning things and live life a little bit differently. You know, when I'm going through some of these, these crashes that I've had, and, I, you know, you say, why am I the poster child for the, these life crises? And then I realize, look at how every time I have one, it redirects my life. And it, it creates something so new that I never, ever would have had had that not happened. So, of course, it's a challenge. Of course, it's a struggle. Of course, it's hard. But I tell you, in seeing as many people uh, work through these things as I have, there is such a gift waiting for you when you do. Mm. Now, when listeners go to your website, when they go to debbiesilber.com, can you say a little bit about how they can continue the connection with you, what's available there, what you offer to people who work with you? Oh, sure. And I just, just, just launched a new, a new program. And this is such an easy way to work with me. I always hear, oh, I can't get on your, you know, I, can, you, can I work with you privately? And I, I wish I had so many ways to, to work with people, but this is an opportunity where you just call in, just tell where, you know, you, you, you pick up your phone and once a month there's a call, there's going to be a topic, I'm going to make sure there's room for Q&A. I also have a line of shakes, everybody's going to get my shakes, there's private time with me, and it's just, it's all, you know, it's, it's right there on my site, so it's a new, uh, a new program. Um, there's no start and stop date, so you, you come when you can, you stay for as many months as you want when you've, you've feel full, you've gotten enough, you stop. And uh, that's right on my site. So Debbie Silber with a B.com. And Debbie, what's the name of that program? That program is, uh, if you go to, if you want to go straight there, I have a, a programs uh, a tab okay. and then it's the one that says Debbie's newest program. It's highlighted. But if you just go right to DebbieSilber.com forward slash transformation, Ooh. it's right there. It's right there. And it's D-E-B-I-1-B. So transformation. And it's just, I made it so affordable. Like I said, how can I remove any excuse from someone not starting? And this is what I came up with. I've never done it before because I've always had either private clients or group programs that started and stopped at a certain date. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm just going to keep this going. So there's no commitment. There's no, you just keep it going as long as you need. Oh, I love that. So that's the transformation program yes. at com slash transformation. Oh, that's that's wonderful. Now, I know we've just got a couple seconds left. One of the things that I noticed on the site was that you um, offer 
adrenal testing. And I just, I hear a lot about adrenal fatigue. People kind of throw that word around. Mm. What I know that often in, in my work as an intuitive and as a counselor, what I see is that people who are consistently at a place of a high level of stress mm-hmm. will then show up with adrenal fatigue. But what does that mean? And how does testing give us information to help us reverse that? You know, testing gives us a great baseline for where we are. And we really see what this unrelenting chronic stress has done to us physically. So, and, and I have crashed with stage three, there's no stage four, stage three adrenal fatigue twice. Mm-hmm. So again, you teach what you need to know. That's why I test for it because I seem to, <laughs> I seem to get it very often. And you, there, the, you know, there are so many symptoms and it's the kind of thing, if you go to your doctor, you're, you, you, it may be minimized or it may not be uh, really understood because you're having symptoms like extreme fatigue or, uh, or you may be losing your hair or you may have weight gain right around your middle or you may wake up, let's say, at 2 a.m. or you may, um, you're, you're irritable, your libido's low. So it's, it's things like that. But when you lump all of the symptoms together uh, and we test for it, it, it is. It's adrenal fatigue. But I'll tell you, um, I put people on a protocol and, and they heal so quickly. Uh, and so often, you know, it really is your adrenals are responding to stressors. So that's going to be your mental, emotional stressors. It's going to be also internal stressors. It's going to be toxins. It's going to be pollutants. It's, it could be the quality of your, uh, of your supplements. It could be the medications that you're on. You know, your adrenals are just being bombarded and it's, you know, it, it's, it's signaling the chronic, so it's, it's saying you're in chronic stress and it's trying to, trying to uh, like, you know, the, the fight or flight. So it's trying to save you all the time. Well, over time, it just gets exhausted. The adrenals get exhausted and so do you. So yeah, so I test for it. That's a, it's, that's fascinating. That information is available also at debbiesilber.com. Um, it's interesting because we do so many things to drive ourselves into the ground and then we get driven into the ground like that. And a lot of us just sit there and go, well, driven into the ground, nothing to do. There I am. And that's where I think some of the stuff that you've shared is so helpful to get us back up on our feet, to get us moving again. So glad. And that's it. We use sugar and caffeine to try to give us that false sense of energy. But if we're really struggling with our energy, it's because we're so depleted. And very often, you know, adrenal fatigue is, is at the root of it. But, but it's something that is so treatable so we don't have to walk around that way. Mm. Debbie, thank you so much for being on the program. I wish I had another 75 hours now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you so much for being here. That's Debbie Silber. You can find out more about Debbie and her work at DebbieSilber.com. I'm going to spell that. That's D-E-B-I-S-I-L-B-E-R.com. And I always welcome your comment, your feedback, your questions about what you heard today. Did listening to Debbie give you a sense of your own power, your own ability to make a choice, to step toward freedom, to feel when the moment is right, and then act on that. I hope it did. It's inspired me to, I wrote down those questions that she asked, what am I pretending not to see? How do I numb myself? What will life look like five to 10 years from now if I continue this way? And what could life look like 
five to 10 years from now, if I make a change, I wrote those questions down. I'm going to be thinking about those, sitting with those, and maybe you will be too. You can always reach me to let me know how you're doing, what's going on. My email address is karen at karenhager.com. And when you go to my website, which is karenhager.com, you can find uh, information about how you can work with me privately. There's always classes and events. I've got some upcoming travel and appearances in San Francisco coming up. You're very welcome to join me there. If you're in the area, that's at karenhager.com. And if you believe, as I do, that when we put our hearts together, that when we bring our energy, our intention together, we can make real change. I invite you to check out openpeacefulheart.com. On that site, you'll find information about a free monthly guided meditation. It's absolutely free. There's no selling. It's people from all over the world getting together to focus on peace. And you're very welcome to join us, openpeacefulheart.com. And thank you for listening today. Together we are spreading a little more light in the world, and a little more light is always a good thing. Until next time, I'm wishing you peace. Peace.